Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Well, now that Thanksgiving is over here in the U.S., we have officially started the holiday season. And here that means uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, even though in some places uh, it extends even further into the New Year, like, for example, Puerto Rico, where after New Year's they have uh, an additional holiday called Three Kings Day. But uh, speaking of Puerto Rico, uh, of course, as you probably know, I spend a lot of time there. And I still don't know when I'll be returning to Puerto Rico because if you've kept up with the news, you know that the progress there is really slow. It's going to be a while before things seem back to normal. And I certainly am not going to head back down to Puerto Rico until I'm able to communicate properly with the rest of the world, have good Internet access and and power and good water and all that sort of thing. But... uh, I find this time of year really intriguing because right around now, there is a whole new set of paranormal phenomena that starts to occur just for the holiday season. You know, you have certain things that happen in October and certain things that happen in November, but right around the end of November, heading into December, new stuff. Now, Uh, I am fond of saying every year that Charles Dickens proved that ghosts and Christmas go together very well. So no big surprise there. Um, But there are other things that uh, are pretty weird, actually. And over the next few weeks, I will occasionally talk about one of these sort of holiday-themed paranormal entities, whether we're talking about trolls and elves or Santa Claus tulpas, or monsters like the Krumpus. Um, There are plenty of things to dig into, even things that aren't necessarily scary, like angelic phenomena. Um, So this is a fun time for me. I like talking about these things. But I want to kick off right now by telling you of a creature that you've probably never heard about before, unless you have studied my work for quite some time. And this, again, ties right back into Puerto Rico. That's because there is a creature that has been seen for years in this rural part of southwestern Puerto Rico called the Gargula. And essentially, that's Spanish for gargoyle. And this creature is primarily seen starting around this time of year, around late November, heading in to the Christmas season. Now, let me tell you a bit about what this creature looks like, and it has been witnessed numerous times. Generally, they say it's about six feet tall, very, very dark colored body, giant sort of bat wings, the head of a dog, like a German shepherd, it, uh, it, it stands up, you know, bipedally. It's slightly hunched, and they say that its knees look sort of like they're bent backward, if you can imagine that type of posture. So it's a very creepy-looking thing, 
and uh, often it will have you know penetrating eyes. Uh, I think that they've said that sometimes the eyes have a reddish glint. It reminds me a lot of Mothman, one of my favorite interdimensional cryptids. At least that's what I think Mothman is. But this is not exactly the same. Um, people who see the Gargula, they say that it, it he definitely does seem to be more animalistic, like he's a, he's a physical part of this physical realm, whereas Mothman sometimes exhibited characteristics that made you think that he was sort of partially here and partially there. For example, Mothman in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, would sort of open his wings sometimes and just ascend vertically uh, without even flapping his wings, and that doesn't make a lot of sense to us aerodynamically. But when you see the Gargula flying around, he's flapping his wings. Now, there are lots of interesting stories from places like Puerto Rico, and it might be easy to dismiss this, but I'm going to tell you honestly, I was able to go to the town where these sightings are focused and interview police officers on active duty who have seen this creature. Uh, and, I mean, this is no joke. I mean, uh, you had guys out there running around with guns trying to find this thing in the field. Um, there's never been a report of the Gargula eating anybody or, or, or attacking anybody that I, uh, that I can recall, at least. Um, I think there have been some other occasions where different types of creatures have supposedly done something like that. But uh, it has been seen eating animals, like a, a dog at one point, and then maybe a chicken, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, one of the stories that really strikes me is a story that was told to me by um, one of the policemen who said that one night he was on patrol, he was in a car with, uh, I think, at least one other policeman, and they actually saw this thing cross the road in front of them, right there in their headlights. And uh, it, it, it crossed the road and then disappeared into some bushes. And, of course, they pulled over and jumped out, and they called for backup. And they looked all over the place, and they could never find this creature. And so I said, well, what's in that direction that he was heading? And uh, the, the guy said, well, it's just a big field. You know, it's just a big field full of thorns and shrubs. And I said, well, what's on the other side of the field? And he goes, oh, well. Actually, he says, there's an old monastery over there, and there's an old um, convent where nuns used to stay. And it seemed like he'd never even really thought about that before, and suddenly I saw a little light bulb go off in his head, like, that is odd, isn't it? And I said, yeah, it is. Because here are people calling this thing a gargula, which is, again, Spanish term for a gargoyle, and we often associate gargoyles with churches, cathedrals, monasteries, places like that. Now, why is that? Where, what is the legend of the gargoyle? Well, supposedly, um, the legend of the gargoyle began in the 600s in France. And the story is that there was this big dragon-like creature that was flying around and literally breathing fire and attacking villages. And 
the word gargula, or excuse me, the word gargoyle is basically the word for throat or neck. And so this this thing had a big long neck shooting fire out of its throat, and so that's sort of the connection to the name. So, you, you know, as you've seen in the movies many times, this is a big problem when a dragon's flying around and, and blasting villages with fire breath. And so uh, they got all the warriors involved and all the religious folks involved, and they finally went out and they killed this thing. And uh, actually what they did was they, they captured it, and then they, uh, they burned it. And I don't know exactly all the specific details of what they supposedly did, but when they burned uh, this dragon, the gargoyle, uh, it killed him all right. But everything burned except for his neck and throat and head because that part of his body had already been tempered by being exposed to fire for so long. So they could not burn it. So they took this part of him, his his from the from the neck, the bottom of the neck up, and they at least hoisted it up and attached it to the front of a cathedral as a warning to any other dragon that might come around that they knew how to defend themselves and they knew how to kill a dragon. And so this became an effective method. Um, over time, this was reproduced, and so we now have this tradition of putting these uh, ghoulish-looking creatures sort of uh, looming over the side of these buildings as protectors, as guardians to scare away anything harmful or evil that might venture in that direction. Of course, there's also a much more practical application, which is uh, directing rainwater away from the building and preventing leaks and all that kind of thing. So it it served a number of purposes. But the point being that this is sort of viewed as a protective element, a protective spirit. And maybe that's just a coincidence that we have that kind of tradition attached to the gargoyle. And then we have this creature that people describe as a huge, scary looking gargoyle in Puerto Rico. And yet he's not hurting anybody. Um, he's certainly scaring people and he seems to be hanging out around the cathedral. But furthermore, he shows up this time of year. And, you know, it's funny because regardless of what you believe, if you are a person of faith or religion or not, a lot of people, especially Christians, they uh, get kind of distracted throughout the year. And when Christmas rolls back around, it reminds everybody to be a, a good, decent person again. They, they, some people only go to church around the holidays. And they go in and they hear all these stories about what it means to be a faithful servant and to be generous and to be charitable and, 
you know, have goodwill and help everybody and all those kinds of lessons that you should get at least once a year in your life. And so it could be that when you have more people who are getting together around that time of year, it's almost like that they send up some kind of a, a thought form into the cosmos, some kind of a spiritual beacon. And who knows, maybe that attracts creatures like the Gargula that have a role to play as some kind of a protector. Or, if we're completely wrong about that, maybe this thing is bad and he's coming to feed off of the spiritual energy, even if that means some people get sort of zapped and drained and depressed. Uh, It's hard to say. There are many different variables at play here. But, you know, there is at least one photograph of the Gargula on the Internet. Now, there's a lot of debate over whether or not this photograph is real, and I will be honest with you, I don't think it is. But you know how it goes. You should judge for yourself. Um, If you would like to see a photograph of what is claimed to be the actual Gargula in Puerto Rico, all you have to do is visit ArecibaProject.com. Now, you've probably heard of Arecibo. That's the town in Puerto Rico that has the gigantic radio telescope. It's spelled A-R-E-I, no, A-R-E-C-I-B-O, A-R-E-C-I-B-O, ArecibaProject.com. You'll find a lot of interesting stuff on that page, but if you scroll down to the bottom, you will see what some claim is a picture of the Gargula. And you know what? If you've ever seen such a thing, I would love to hear from you. So uh, please send me a message and uh, let me know. You can always email me. Uh, it's easy. Just go to joshuapwarren.com. I, I do my best to read every single email. It is physically impossible for me to reply to every email. It just can't happen. Even if I got up every day, my whole full-time job was just to reply to emails. There aren't enough hours in the day. But I do read everyone. If you go to joshuapwarren.com, you can uh, scroll down and find my email address. Uh, Also, remember, uh, this is a podcast I do on a daily basis. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. And it's always free. It's always short. And if you would like to listen to more of these, click the link at the top of joshuapwarren.com. And I'm happy to say that it's my understanding we are now also available on um, TuneIn. So you can subscribe through iTunes or Stitcher or uh, look it up on TuneIn. There, There are a lot of different ways to listen. Or just follow me on Twitter. And uh, I'll tweet and let you know when a new one is ready as well. So I believe that's it for now. I look forward to exploring more of these weird tales with you about creatures of a paranormal nature that seem to like to make an appearance around the holidays. Maybe the more we think about this and talk about this, the more patterns and connections and correlations we'll find, and we'll have an aha moment and say, oh my goodness, now it all makes sense. They're all working together. 
We'll see. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.